single. You know, some of these transitions are not great transitions. Some of them, not of the, all of them are exciting or happy, but what we can bank on is that life is going to be constantly changing. And so we can look at Jesus and see that that's kind of the way his life has gone, and we can learn from that. And so last week, Tyler talked about the temple and the presence of God. And so the presence of God in the Old Testament the, lived in the temple. Pretty much if you wanted to be close to God, you had to go to the temple. And only certain people were allowed in. And only certain people were allowed into different parts of the temple, the close, closer to the presence of God. And then Jesus came and housed the presence of God in himself. And then Jesus died, was raised again, um, and left us the Holy Spirit. And so now the presence of God lives inside of us. So we're just a bunch of little mobile temples running around with the presence of God living inside of us. And so as we think about that, as we think about the transition to this new neighborhood, Derek has talked many times about how it matters where we put ourselves, and that's why. Because the presence of God lives inside of us. We are the temple. And so as we go and do all of these new things, which we don't even know for sure yet what they are. God will continuously be revealing that. We'll be in transition probably forever. But as we go, we need to remember that, that we house the presence of God. And so as we look at this transition, I think it's clear that if we're not yet, that we need to be people of prayer as we transition so that we can have that presence of God strong within us. And God promises that as we focus on him in prayer, that he'll always answer us. I'm going to pray, and then we'll look at the scripture. Holy Spirit, come. God, I thank you that you've been active this morning, and I pray that you would continue just to be here with us. Lord, I pray that you would touch hearts and speak to hearts. And that I would say only your words, God, whatever it is. Father, fill this place. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're looking first at Luke chapter 11, verses 1 through 4. So if you want to turn there, there are Bibles on the stands here. If you don't have a Bible, you can take it home with you. Get out your device, or you can just look on the screen. There it is. And it says, One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. He said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive our sins. For we also forgive anyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. So here we have the Lord's Prayer. Most people are familiar with this. And a lot of people have a version of it memorized, maybe not these exact words. Um, And this is the second place in Scripture where Jesus says the Lord's Prayer. The first one is in Matthew, at the Sermon on the Mount. And then the second time is here where his disciples ask him to pray. Um, And if you go to a more liturgical church, they would say it, maybe these exact words or some version of it, kind of every week or um, at special occasions. Um, And I think that's good. It's always good to pray God's word to him. But I think he intended it also as like kind of rails to run on as we pray. I think the form is intentional. 
So if we kind of look at this and break it down a little bit, um, we can see what Jesus is doing as he's teaching them to pray. And so the scripture says that Jesus had just finished praying, and his disciples then asked him to pray. And so I think this kind of shows us two things about what's happening here. The first thing is that they noticed that there was something different about the way Jesus prayed. Because these were Jewish men. They had grown up praying. They prayed all the time. Like, they understood prayer. This was not a new thing to them. But there was something different about the way that Jesus prayed. And have you ever been around someone like that? Who you hear them pray, and you're like, oh, there's something there. I had this friend in a small group, whenever we lived in Ohio, um, who would pray, and she would pause as she's praying. She prayed very slowly. Um, and I began to realize that it's because she's listening for the Holy Spirit as she's praying, rather than just thinking about all the words that she wants to say. And so now that's how I pray, <laughs> because I want God to be saying things to people as I'm praying for them. And so the disciples said, Jesus, there's something happening here that we don't understand. Can you teach us? So that's the first thing that to note. And then the second thing is that the disciples didn't say, Jesus, can you teach us how to preach? They didn't say, Jesus, can you teach us how to cast out demons? They didn't say, Jesus, can you teach us how to lead worship? And I think what's interesting is that they seem to notice that everything that Jesus does, all the ministry that he does, all the things that we see him do are rooted in his prayer. And as you look throughout the Bible, they don't ask him to do those things. They watch him and they learn, but they asked him, this prayer, the way you pray, seems to make a difference. Teach us how to pray. And so Jesus teaches them. And what does he say to them? Does he say, well, first you start out by making a list of all the things you want. So just think of all the things that you want, and you just write them down. And you can prioritize them if you want. Um, and then maybe you should color code them, and then just start listing off all the things you want to God. Is that what Jesus tells them to do? No, it's not. Um, and it's okay. Like, Jesus, God really does want to know what's on our hearts. He wants us to share those things with him. And it's okay if our prayers start out that way. But we have to notice that that's not what Jesus says whenever his disciples ask him how to pray. And so let's kind of look at that. He starts out by saying, when you pray, say, Father. And many of you may know that the word that he used there in Hebrew is Abba which would translate to, like, daddy is what we would call it. And this would have been a little bit of a new concept to the, these men. Um, it wasn't weird for them to pray to their father, Father God, um, but it would have been like a patriarch father, a faraway father who wants the greater good for his people, but not an in-amongst-us father. And so Jesus says, that guy that you pray to, that's your dad. And that makes a difference. He brings it into a more relational thing. I saw this meme um, on Facebook a couple weeks ago. I'm not on Facebook right now, but um, a couple weeks ago I saw it, and it said, it's a known fact that if you need something and it can be found at your mom's house, it's yours. And so that, yeah, that completely resounded with me. We, whenever we first moved here, we lived across the street from my parents, 
Um, and so if I needed something in a recipe or I just wanted a banana, I would um, get a grocery bag from my pantry and take it over to my parents' house and just clean them out of whatever it is that I wanted. Um, and I would say to Derek, like, as I'm leaving, I'm going to Fleming's Market to get whatever I want. And sometimes they weren't even home. Like, I have a key, and I'll just take it. Um, and that's the thing. Like, I knew I could do that. I knew that I would be welcomed, and really that whatever they have is mine, that they wouldn't be mad. They'd just go buy more bananas, and they wouldn't even mention it, really. And so Jesus is saying that's the kind of relationship you have with God. He loves you. He welcomes you. You have refrigerator rights in his house. It's okay. So remember who you are and who God is whenever you enter in prayer. That's the first thing. And then he goes on to say, hallowed be your name. And hallowed is a weird word. We don't really use it. But it means holy, consecrated, glorious. And so you start out by saying, God, I know you love me. I know you welcome me, and then you just begin to tell God who he is. God, you're so good. God, you're so glorious. And as you begin to say those things to God, automatically your mind thinks back to the times before when God was good to you. You begin to remember the times he's rescued you, the times he's shown up for you, the times he's done things that you didn't even know you needed. And so you spend time just saying, God, I know you love me, and you are so good, just telling God who he is. And because you're so good, your kingdom is so good. Just flows right into, let your kingdom come. Because you're my dad, because whatever, you have my best intention, and you're a good dad, I want your kingdom to come here. Whatever you want, that's what I want. And I can say that confidently because I've spent time telling you how good you are. Because you're a good dad, we want your kingdom to come here. And so only after all of that does Jesus even bring any sort of petition. And so he spends time reflecting to God who God is and thinking about who God is, remembering who it is that he's talking to. And then he asks for things. And it's just one thing. He says, give us each day our daily bread. He doesn't ask for a house or a jet. He doesn't even ask for more noble things. I can imagine Jesus saying, just help me to preach well. Help me to stir hearts. Help me to bring thousands into your kingdom. That's not what he says here. I think it's good for us to ask for those things. Don't mistake me. I think that we need to ask God for those things. But here, Jesus focuses on basic provision. And I wonder how many of us wake up or woke up this morning and thought, God, just help me to eat today. Maybe even not that we would have food, but even like the ability to eat comes from God. Every breath we have, we're completely dependent on him. And I think that's what Jesus is reflecting here. I'm sure lots of you know people who aren't able to eat for whatever reason. And so just remembering that every single thing that I already have comes from you. Even the little things were totally dependent on him. And then he moves to say, and forgive us our sins. 
God, you're a good dad and you welcome me. Help me, forgive me of anything that I would put in the way of that. Remembering the relationship that we have with him and saying, God, anything that I would put in the way, please forgive me for that. Please clean me up and make me holy so that I can be a vessel of your love and your forgiveness to other people. Forgive us our sins and we forgive everyone who sins against us. Because when we start with the place of knowing who we are in God, remembering how good he is, then we don't have to hold grudges against the people who out of their brokenness sin against us. God, help us to be a vessel for your love and your forgiveness. And lead us not into temptation. Even the ability to not sin comes from God. We need your strength to not put things between you and me. Help us, God. Help us to not do that. So Jesus tells us, tells them, the disciples and us, through it, how to pray. And then he says, and keep on doing it. Keep on praying. Don't stop. The thing that he promises is that when we focus on him in this way in prayer, that he will answer us. And he tells them, again, to keep on. Don't stop. We can look at verses 5 through 13. It says, Then he said to them, Suppose one of you have a friend, and he goes to him at midnight and says, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread, because a friend of mine on a journey has come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. Then the one inside answers, Don't bother me. The door is already locked, and my children are with me in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, Though he will not get up and give him the bread because he is his friend, yet because of the man's persistence, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. He who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of, your fa- which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So in both of these little sections, he's saying, if you only get up because someone keeps asking you, but you do give them your things, Or if you, when your son asks you for something, will give him a good gift, you humans, if you will do that, how much more will your dad, who loves you and welcomes you, who is good and whose kingdom is good, how much more will he give you gifts and answer you when you ask him? And it's interesting. What does he say that he'll give you? He says, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit? to those who ask. And sometimes the things that we ask God for, the specific things happen, and sometimes they don't. But God promises us promises us the Holy Spirit that will transform us, that will make us into the kind of people that he wants us to be, that will power anything that he asks us to do. He promises to gift us with the Holy Spirit. So it might not look exactly how we think it should, but God promises to 
to answer us, to turn to us in some way. So since I started working on this message last week, I've felt the Lord Lord nudge me um, into beginning praying in this format, and it's been transformational. Whenever I start out by thinking about who God is and how good he is, it changes the kind of things that I ask for. And I think one of the reasons that God tells us to pray and keep on praying is because as we keep seeking him, as we keep telling him who he is, as we keep remembering who we are in him, it changes us and we begin to ask for the things that he wants to give us. So that's not to say that we don't go through difficult things. We do. We don't always see the kingdom of heaven breaking through here now like we wish it would. We see people get sick and sometimes die. And it doesn't mean that we shouldn't ask for those things. We should. But God promises that as we ask and keep on asking, that he will give the Holy Spirit, which comforts, which gives peace beyond understanding, that he'll bring people alongside us to kind of walk that out with us and encourage us to hold us up when we can't stand. And it's okay to be in the place where you don't understand and you can't see God. That's why we live in community. God created us to be communal people so that whenever I don't really get it, maybe Jeff gets it and he can encourage me and help me. So as we think about what this all means for us as people in transition, I think we need to become praying people if we're not already. We need to be people who are gifted and equipped by the Holy Spirit for our own transformation and for the transformation of the neighborhood that we're moving into and the city as a whole. I feel like that's what God has called us to as the vineyard, that we need to be people who carry the Holy Spirit with us and are transformed by the Holy Spirit and go and transform the city. But those things don't happen by skill or ability. We all have gifts that God has given us, but those things are powered by prayer. And so if we want to see God move anywhere that um, great moves of the Holy Spirit have broken out, anywhere where you see revival, even the unity that's happening in the city now, people have been praying for that for decades. And so I think Unfortunately, the way we live now, we want things now. And if we ask God for something and he doesn't show up, sometimes we quit asking. I think God wants us to keep asking and remember that just because we don't see things lining up or happening the way we want it to, that God is moving. Have you ever asked for God for something and then didn't get it and later you're like, oh my goodness, <laughs> thank goodness that you didn't do that the way I wanted it to. I know I have. And so we want to begin pr- building a prayer team um, here, which is not something that has really taken off. Mary and Dory have been praying for two years consistently, kind of holding us up. But I think it's time, I'm getting some fire. <laughs> I think it's time for all of us to begin praying in that way because we want God to break in. It is so clear to me that there's nothing I can do 
that's going to make revival come to that neighborhood, that's going to make people hope for a better day, that's going to make people come to life in Jesus. Only the Holy Spirit can do that. And so we need to be people who are praying for that and trusting that as we pray, even if we don't see it lining up the way we want to, that God is moving and it's really his business to move. So we're going to be having a meeting next Saturday at 10 o'clock here in this space for anybody who would be interested in intercessory prayer. Um, And there will be meetings sometimes, um, but we're going to be sending out emails so that people can know in what direction to pray. And so anybody who, uh, two weeks ago, Derek said, if you really feel called to pray for our transition stand, many of you stood, Um, There's a list in the back for the intercessory prayer team. That's a hard word to say. Um, And I would have you sign up. Don't feel like you have to commit to a meeting or whatever. We just want to kind of gather the people who are willing to go to battle for this because it's going to be a battle. Satan doesn't like it when you come in and start taking his territory. And even since we've decided to move, there have been things (laughs) that are clearly from the enemy. But we won't be moved. Because God wins. That's the end of the story, in case you didn't know. Um, So sign up. I think it will be transformational for you as a person and for our church, for the city. Um, I would really have you do that. And if you've never prayed in this format, in the Lord's Prayer format, I would highly recommend it. Like I said, it's been transformational for me just to remember that I live in the kingdom of abundance. That maybe I don't see it here and now in this moment, but that's who I am. That's who all of you are, sons and daughters of the king. So we don't have to come into the throne room hoping that God will will see us. That God will protect us or give us the Holy Spirit. We can come boldly. We can take our grocery bag and come into the throne room and get the things that we want if we allow God to, to make that happen in us, to move in us. So I would highly recommend it. So as the worship team comes forward, please come forward. (coughs) I have some people that I feel like God kind of laid on my heart um, to have prayer. If you're, I see a lot of new faces, so if you don't know how this goes, Uh, We might actually pray kind of in the back corner because it's not a lot of space. Um, If you are one of these people, we'll pray for you in the back. I'll go in the back and pray. I think Ray's going to go do that, looks like, maybe. Um, So get prayer. We will pray for anything that you want prayer for. But specifically, I felt like um, God wanted me to have prayer for people who, uh, as I talk about God as a father and a good dad, and a relational dad who sees you and knows you, that's not your experience. <laughs> and I'll tell you, that's a, that's a struggle that I've had in my life, to really see God as, like, my dad, who I would run to. If that's you, you should get prayer for that, because that's really who he is, and that's who he wants to be for you. If you're someone who doesn't really understand this thing of prayer, or you've never prayed, and you kind of want to, you should go in the back and get prayer. As I mentioned, um, where you're telling God that he's good and 
for all the good things that he's done for you and you can't come up with one, you should get prayer. This is a weird thing. We do weird in the vineyard. I also, uh, if someone had a chipped tooth recently, <laughs> we want to pray for you. I don't know. That's what God said. Um, so really, we'll pray for anything in the back. Go in the back and get prayer. can stand up with us. If any of those things 